welcome to issue 109 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. Hi, I'm your host, Michael, and joining me tonight is Steve. Hi, Mike. How's it going? <laughs> Hi, Steve. What are, are you, you up to? <laughs> oh, just seeing if you had it memorized is all. <laughs> I, I do these once in a blue moon, so you got lucky. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, we're also joined by Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Hey. Hello, Michael. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, wow, it's going to be one of those nights. I don't even know oh. my own name when I don't see the, the show notes in front of me. Wow, that was that was intriguing. That, that was, was great. special. That was special. Hey, guess what, guys? What? Apparently, tonight is a two-parter. I don't even know what that means. A double-sized issue, if you will. Oh. Yeah. Apparently, mm. uh, we're going to take a good look at uh, the Armies of Titan lore and the Black Order, because they are, they're very, very similar. Yes, they are. And then we'll look at both these encounter sets at once. That sounds good. So sayeth the show notes that Steve uh, oh so happily repasted back into the document that I was reading. <laughs> well, that sounds exciting. Yeah. It does. And I don't know what's going on because you guys now have your words on the paper. So I guess oh. uh, let's start with Daniel. What have you got for us? You want me to just jump right in? Like we got no, no nothing to do. Okay. All right. I'll talk about the armies of Titan, the, the modular set. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to come right out and say it. There's not a lot lore-wise here. So I, I've focused my attention on some, like, on one particular thing. So when we think of this somewhat generic set, a couple things come to mind. One, which I'll speak more about later, has to do with how Thanos acquires his army in the first place, uh, his uh, relationship with the Chitauri and how it led to the fearsome Outriders, though, is the main thing I want to talk about. Now, Steve, have we talked about the Chitari before? We very briefly mentioned them during Kang because they showed up in a Kang set. Right. Okay. So they're like the bulk of of Thanos' army for a while. And I'm sure we're going to get to them more later. Is that correct? Maybe. Can I we? I don't know. Let's, yeah, let's say we we're going to because I'm not talking about them tonight, really. Sure. We'll circle back How's to that? them at some point. I'm yeah. sure <laughs> there's going to be another encounter set with Chitari at some point. I they're all, they're kind of like the Badoon and that they're but everywhere. They are. Yeah. Okay. So the Chitauri stuff, that's for another day, but we're going to be talking about outriders today. So we need only mention them. Now, Thanos gave like the Chitauri civilization, their own place to live, but then he quickly needed them again to tinker with their DNA. Now you guys know about this stuff? Not really. No. Okay. So DNA is this thing that kind of make, makes up cells. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh -huh. that I know oh, about. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. Channeling your inner Leslie Nielsen there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, to, to create the grotesque four-armed monsters, he spliced together Chitauri DNA with some of his own and some like random DNA from various conquered species. So what does he get out of this toxic soup, guys? What do you think comes out of that? Um, a literary soup? gentleman. Close. Okay. Close. Toxic soup? Yeah. Mindless killing machines. 
And he creates zillions of them to overrun places in, like, land wars. Now, we see them in the movies trying to, like, assault Wakanda. Like, they throw themselves against the force field for a while. They're pretty, they're pretty badass, though, guys. Thanos uses them, like, over the standard Chitauri guys because, because of that. Because they're just sort of, like, mindless. There's just lots of them, and they'll just, they'll just horde attack something. But, like, do you remember that scene in the movies where Captain America, like, could barely take one on? Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So like they seem like when they're when, like flying into the force field and stuff, they seem like idiots, easy to kill and stuff. But apparently they're kind of tough. So the Chitari, they're easy to control. They possess solid tech and they, they had flight and stuff. But the Outriders were even easier to manipulate for Thanos. And they were just simply objects of rage and bloodlust. Now, you grunt at them and they go rip stuff up like that's who they are. That's their job. So now. Here's something might might not your knock your socks off, guys. I read somewhere that there are people that consider the Outriders to be the true children of Thanos, since they're actually part of it and not simply taken off of the planets of defeated species. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh. Yeah, you, you're right. You did knock my socks off when you said you read something. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Steve, you wound me, but that was so good. That was so good. That's um, for the DNA one. So <laughs> fair, fair. Um, so the second thing I want to talk about after the Outrider stuff was how Thanos acquires his armies of Titan. And I know Steve that you've got something on your mind about that. Well, a little bit, yeah. I was tasked with um, the Black Order set, so. I went and did a little bit of a reading splurge on the two <laughs> unique characters we get in that set, Supergiant and Black Dwarf. So really what I want to talk about is those two main characters. Uh, these are two members of the Black Order, or they call themselves the Dreadlords, or the Cull Obsidian. They're sort of like the elite generals for Thanos' army. Those are such great names. Yeah, Yes, they are. Yeah. Um, the Cole Obsidian. Oh, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to talk about Supergiant first. Do you guys know about about this character at all? Uh, only that he engages me four times a game when I play with him. Okay. <laughs> I've seen him yeah, as part of the Black Order, but not individual. Okay. So it's a she. I, I, you might not be able to tell from the art, but it, it is a, a female. Oh. And uh, so her first appearance is in the comic Infinity Number 1 in August of 2013. So fairly new, right? Not been around a long time, not like some of the villains that go back to the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. She is a mentally unstable omnipath and telepathic parasite, whatever that's oh. supposed to mean. So she has mind powers, okay? And her main purpose is she seeks out intellect and devours it. So she's like a mind flayer from D&D. &D. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's uh -huh. a good one. Yeah, All right. without the tentacles. Yeah, without the squid face. Okay. Yeah. In this uh, Infinity run, Thanos is searching for his son, Thane, who, of course, is on Earth. And uh, Supergiant goes along with Corvus Glaive, another one of the Black Order, another one of the Dreadlords, and lays siege to Jean Grey's school for the X-Men. This is, you know, it's not, X, it's not Xavier's school anymore. It's Jean Grey's. And sh her and Corvus Glaive who we'll talk about in another episode, they just easily dispatch the X-Men there. They just wipe it clean. 
And they soon realize that Thane's not there and it's not going to help them any. So they move on to bigger and badder activities. So later on in this series, she'll come back and she helps the Black Order seize Wakanda. So Wakanda's getting attacked again and eventually it falls uh, along with a lot of help from those outriders that you mentioned, Daniel. She is left in control of the Necropolis, which is a part of Wakanda. And that place has a planet-destroying bomb in it. Uh, a bunch of heroes decided it would be a good thing to build a bomb that would destroy the entire planet, because that's what heroes do. So, of course, wait, she gets... Wait, was, was Iron Man in on this? You bet he was. Oh, he was ringleader. He yeah, was ringleader. Iron, uh... Iron Man, uh, Reed Richards, Doctor Strange. Um, who else? Doctor Strange wasn't on that one? Yeah, there's a whole uh, bunch of them. Oh, Black, Black Panther, Black Bolt. Yep. And I More. think the Hulk is involved in it or something. Yeah. There's a bunch. They call themselves the Illuminati. Oh, the Hulk. And, the Hulk is not. The Hulk. Oh, beautiful scene when the Hulk figures it out, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Did I mention I hate Iron Man ever? You, you have in the once, okay. I think. Yeah. Once or twice? Sorry. Now, yeah. you, you missed something here. You said a planet destroying bomb. They didn't make one. They made hundreds. Okay. Well, there's one here and she <laughs> now has control of it. Uh, and the way that she takes control of it is she uses her telepathic parasite powers to take control of Black Bolt, the inhuman king. And so she's kind of like got her hands in his brain and is controlling Ooh. him when the heroes show up to try to take it back. And she uses she forces Black Bolt to shout at them a bunch of times and just wrecks a whole bunch of them, including Iron Man. He gets, he gets <gasps> wrecked. Um, okay. So while she's focusing on the main strike force coming after her to retake this, she kind of forgets about everybody's inhuman doggy Lockjaw. And Lockjaw, along with the help of uh, Maximilian, who is Black Bolt's crazy brother, uh, the the dog uh, Lockjaw and Max show up. They manage to sort of like distract her, and they use Lockjaw's ability to teleport her and the bomb to a completely other planet. Just poof, across the galaxy to some, like, random dead planet. Max uses the trigger. The bomb's going to go off. Black Bolt teleports them back. Nice, safe, and sound. The bomb explodes. The planet completely is destroyed. Lockjaw ends up in the discard pile. Okay. Right. But he's alive. Uh, Sure. He's safe. Of course Right. Supergiant, however, destroyed. Just utterly destroyed. The entire planet just explodes. So she is dead. Oh. At least Earth is okay, right? Well done, heroes. Earth's fine, but some other planet is not. Uh, so this happens in the Infinity Number Six in January 2014. So that's where she dies for the first time. <laughs> now, when you say first time, Steve, I feel like that's insinuating there's a second time. There is, right? Because like any good villain, she's not completely gone. No, of course. She does return, but only as a mental projection. She has no physical body, so her mental powers keep her consciousness alive. Um, there's this whole series called the Challengers Contest. I read all the Infinity stuff. I did not read the Challengers Contest. But there's this game where the Challenger and the Grandmaster are playing a game, and there's two different teams, and she's on one of the teams. Uh, she's in Antarctica, and she's trying to win for her team. They have to touch some pyramid thing uh, to score points. It's like heroic and villainous cut. Uh, capture the flag, sort of. I guess is this, uh, is this a real story? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grand, 
Grandmaster and the Challenger, they're all just oh, about games and stuff. So games and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Eventually during the thing, she gets attacked and her consciousness is dissipated by somebody called Farin, who works for the Lethal Legions, and is also some sort of bald blue alien skinned creature. So um and that's her final death. That's in the Avengers six eighty in February twenty eighteen. She has not returned since. So but she could. That was only what three, almost four years ago now. Right, and and it was about four a four-year gap between the her first death and her second death. So uh, there's still hope. Fingers crossed. It's a, it's about time to bring her back. Right. So all of her powers, she's basically it's like mind control, mind reading, all that kind of sort of stuff. Uh, she can also phase through things, making her virtually immune to physical damage unless an entire planet explodes around her. And there's almost no backstory. We don't get a Mm-hmm. interesting backstory we don't know what her motivation is other than she works for thanos um so we can assume certain things maybe she's the last of her kind that kind of thing there's one interesting quote that kind of gives us some information so i'm just going to read that quote and, and take that for what it is she says do you know where thanos found me in an orphanage for the badly damaged the unwell the lost ones who had experienced so much horror at a young age that all they wanted for was it for life to end. My cribmate was Thanos's very first tribute. I watched as he gloriously butchered his own child, and then I begged him to honor me the same way. He promised me he would, but only if I could help him kill all his other children. I gave him the only thing I had of value, my word. Then I waited years for the tyrant to finish what he had started, years for him to do what he promised. The last child of Thanos is on Earth, no? Then here is me fulfilling my word, master. And your end as well for making me wait. Super giant. Wow. Wow. So so she goes against him in the end, kind of? She wants vengeance? No, she just wants him to uphold his word and kill her. And she's loyal right up to the end. I mean. Right. But I she don't... says, and your end as well for making right. me for wait. For making me wait. Yeah. She never gets a chance to, though. Um, that's, well, that's an interesting story. So, that is, that's fascinating. I don't understand at all the link i mean most villains and superheroes and stuff have a name that kind of goes with their powers i don't get hers at all right and she's not no, is she big nope nope, nope. she's, she's like not even a super size. giant nope she's like regular human sized right maybe tall but not a giant that's for sure so oh yeah that makes no sense i mean it, it speaks to how thanos uses his children right like i think this speaks more about thanos than her sure but still, it's a, it's a neat little story. It'd be interesting for them to take that further. Now, she's not immune to physical damage because just one uppercut does her in. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll have to check her cards later. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> well, there's another card that comes in that little modular Black Order set, isn't there, Steve? There is. And speaking of names not making any sense, this one's name is Black Dwarf. Okay. And this is kind of like a Little John situation, I think, from Robin Hood because he is huge. Um, Oh, I see. Okay, and he's not—he's not black-skinned either. So that must be like more of his uh, demeanor, um, his heart, his, his heart, black, black yes. heart, yes. And uh, the whole dwarf piece must just be, uh, you know, ironic. So, uh, Black Dwarf, his first appearance is in the New Avengers Volume Three, Number Eight, July 2013. Also, not super old. So, Black Dwarf, when compared to the other members of the Black Order, Black Dwarf seems almost normal. Uh, feigning joy and contentment 
In reality, the Celestial Nihilist is simply more at peace with Oblivion that Thanos is seeking than the other members of the Black Order. He happens to be Corvus Glaive's brother. Mm. And at one point, he had romantic feelings for Proxima Midnight. <gasps> but he steps aside so his brother Corvus and Proxima could get married. And he eventually turns his affections towards Black Swan. Oh. Who joins the, the group a little later. Yeah. You mean Natalie Portman? Not that Black Swan. Oh. <laughs> Uh, although it possibly is crazy. Um, although she's Thor now, right? Oh, right. She will yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. Yep. God, I'm so confused by all these stories. The timelines. <laughs> uh, so he marries a ballerina and then what? Okay. Uh, so in that Infinity run that I mentioned with Supergiant, it's Black Dwarf who was initially sent to destroy Wakanda when Supergiant goes off to kill the X-Men. However, the first wave, Black Panther beats back Black Dwarf, and the armies of Titan the first time around fail. After the Black Order is like reassembled, they strike again, and all that stuff turns out with Supergiant where she takes control of the, the Necropolis and Wakanda falls. But the first time, under Black Dwarf's leadership, the Thanos fails to take Wakanda. So because of his failure to take Wakanda, he is pulled like off the lines, and he's sent off to guard the peak which is the orbital headquarters of S.W.O.R.D., which is a orbiting space station around the Earth. S.W.O.R.D., as everybody knows, is the Sentient World <laughs> Observation and Response Department. As or, everyone knows. As everyone knows. It's like S.H.I.E.L.D.'s galactic counterpart, right? Okay, sure, sure. you got to have the S.W.O.R.D. and the S.H.I.E.L.D. So at that point, Thanos has control of that station, and he sends Black Dwarf there sort of as a punishment. Here, you go be the garrison up there uh, on that. You know, that space station. Mm -hmm. He gets the Siberia assignment. Right, right. Um, <laughs> wow, you while... one time. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so while Black Dwarf is up there, th this force of Avengers returns from some other mission that they're doing. It's a whole story. We don't need to get into it. But uh, a fleet returns to Earth with the Avengers on it. They retake the station, and Black Dwarf is slain. Can you guess who kills Black Dwarf? Hmm. It's an Avenger. That's our hint. Um, they are. We'll say they're like Avenger adjacent. Oh, um, it is a character we have in the game. It is. Yes. Is it a hero or an ally? Neither. <gasps> um, Loki. No, it is Ronan the Accuser. Oh, yeah. Wait, what, All hail. What's he doing there? He's working with the Avengers because of the previous mission, and he did not want Hala and the galaxy to fall to whatever was going on before. So he teams up with the Avengers and a bunch of Skrulls and the Kree and all that sort of stuff. And uh, he's he's joined them to come back to Earth to help them retake Earth. So uh, he's gone soft is what it is, basically. I see. I see. Yeah. So Black Dwarf is slain and I imagine stays dead. Well... Well, maybe. I mean, he <laughs> dies in uh, Avengers Volume 5, number 23, in January 2013. Wait a minute. Is this one going to wake up too, Steve? Right. No good villain can stay dead forever, right? Uh, oh, Super Giants, any you know, example? Right. So the same Challengers contest between the Challenger and the Grandmaster. The Challenger, he's reforming the Black Order, and he brings back to life the various dead members, which includes Black Dwarf, because he sure. wants them on their team. So, 
So Black Dwarf's back for this Challengers contest. And this time, Black Dwarf succeeds because he's one of the first ones to score any points for his team while they're in Rome uh, during <laughs> the competition. <laughs> it is. It is. He reaches out, he touches this pyramid thing, and it looks like he gets disintegrated. And everybody's like, oh no, he's been disintegrated. But really, he ends up tel- being teleported to the Grandmaster, who has this cosmic game room where he plays all his Marvel champions. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. I would um, imagine. He does, he does. But uh, Black Dwarf gets put in stasis, and he gets stuck there until the game is over. So is it possible... Now, this could be crazy that this whole like challenger contest or whatever, is it just the afterlife for villains? Oh, at least for the Black Order. Maybe it's just where they go when they die. Could be worse. You yeah. know, it's it's not really it's not really resurrected, just more that's just that's just death now. It's just death now. Yeah. I don't know. I'm coming on planning back after coming back after four years. That's my right. plan. Right. <laughs> um, play some more games. See what kind of heroes we have in this. I'll game. do what I can, Mike, to write you in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the challenger contest ends, and at this point, Thanos is out of the picture, and the Grandmaster decides to hire the Black Order and gives them a bunch of jobs, and they go to work for the Grandmaster. All of them recollected, including Black Swan, I think, at this point. So, is that somewhere we're gonna know about later? Black Swan, do we know about them? Yes, uh, she, yes. She's in the campaign. If you play the campaign mode, that's <gasps> how you, you'll see Black Swan. She is eating shawarma at the shawarma place, I believe. Yes. I know exactly who she is. She didn't look like Natalie Portman, though, at all. <laughs> uh, okay, so Black Dwarf, uh, what is his abilities, right? We had our we had our brainiac mental power telepathy person. So, so what do we think? going to be like the Lenny to her, George? Right. Superhuman strength, superhuman density, superhuman durability. Uh, his skin is actually unbreakable, oh. allowing him to suffer blows from Ronin, Super Scroll, Annihilus, all at the same time. Except he has a little weak spot on his head where Ronin <laughs> delivers a fatal blow. He's like a baby with a soft spot, like the Fontanelle? Right. right. Oh, that's adorable. R- Ronin hits him right in, the, right in his uh, most vulnerable piece, which basically splatters you know yeah. everyone's got their achilles heel that's right his happens to be on the side of his face <laughs> so <laughs> steve what what does superhuman density mean i'm just curious oh uh, i think it's <laughs> i don't know that's what it said more dense than humans i don't know right. okay yeah he like he's like 12 humans worth of density right yeah all right he's not as easily destroyed i guess so I do have some MCU trivia. We do see Black Dwarf oh. in the movies. We do not see Supergiant in the movies. That's too bad. But they rename him. They rename him Call Obsidian. Oh. So it's sort of like a nod to the comic group. And they try to be more progressive in the naming of the characters so uh, that it's not as insensitive. Sure. Right. Well, um, and Call Obsidian is a great, great. Yeah, it's a pretty cool name. So he's the big guy that shows up, you know, and smashes things. So. hmm so those are the two unique minions we get in this set. Well, I think that was a great story. I don't, however, believe that one could categorize the Black Dwarf as a nihilist, Steve. Sorry. Okay. Uh, because, I'll... like, I mean, he's, like, going after Black Swan. He, like, backs off for Corvus Glaive and the marriage thing. Like, I don't know. That's... That's true. He's <sighs> There's still some belief system there. He's not rejecting religious and moral principles. He's... 
there's something there. There's some there there is all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, and that... Um, Lots of people who say they're nihilist, Steve, are just sort of gothy teenagers. So I think it's it's one of those things, like like a hipster, right? You don't call yourself a nihilist unless you're right. not a nihilist. Unless you're not. Exa- great point. Yes. I'm like a nihilist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that. It's like, yeah. Yeah. You take her, Corvus, because like, I don't care. <laughs> uh, what's next, good. Daniel? <laughs> yeah. Guys, guys, so I want to talk a little bit about how the Black Order gets assembled, how Thanos builds his army, especially like the named ones, like Supergiant, Black Dwarf, Nebula, Gamora. Those are names we know, right? So here's how he gets his army, or like the big wigs in his army, not like the Chitari, not like the Outriders, but like, so basically will conquer planets and whole, like whole planets, whole species and stuff like that. And then like save one spectacular specimen from that group right to mm-hmm. adopt and i put that in little scare quotes to adopt as his children nebula was like that gamora right we've heard those stories so what this means is like they're like kind of like the last survivors of like conquered and planets and species right and he takes them up mm-hmm. so is that right or wrong i feel like I, that's true right Seems right. Is what I'm right. saying accurate, Steve, Mike? Yeah, I think so, right? It's close You enough. guys are the smarty pants in this universe, but from what I can tell, he wipes the place out and saves one person and makes them his child. Okay? Sure. Saves them, you might say. Most of what I just said, yeah, I have my fingers up. <laughs> All right, little quote marks. So, so I'm going to have you guys engage in a little nerd game with me. And I hope, I hope the listeners will chime in with their own answers wherever wherever they want to do that. Okay, you guys ready for this? Uh, no, but let's do this. So, guys, you are Thanos. Okay? All right. Okay. You got this so far. You are Thanos. All right? You're going to pretend to be Thanos, and you just conquered a nerd universe, which I'll be calling a nerdiverse from here on out. (laughs) When the smoke clears, and it's nearly all over, the destruction total, like the destruction of a total nerdiverse, but there's one last member of that nerdiverse who lives. That you adopt. Okay. So oh. we'll start out easy, and I'll go first to show you how the game works, okay? And, and what I mean by this. All right, so Thanos just invades the Star Wars nerdiverse. He eliminates all of it. And I mean all of it, okay, Mike, Steve? All of gotcha. it. Gotcha. Right? But I, as Thanos, I allow one character to live, to adopt into my Black Order, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, here's the game. We'll rotate. We'll rotate. I'll go first this time, and then see. You cannot copy. Okay. Oh. Oh. Okay. So, in my nerdiverse, in my Black Thanos thing, I am adopting Darth Vader. Okay. Okay. Coolest suit, coolest voice, total, total badass. Who has in like what I always love the sensitive villain backstory. Okay. So that's why I take. So now Darth Vader's off the table for the two of you. He took the best will, one. I, of course I did. I'm a villain. All right. And so now I'm going to flip the coin. Make sound of coin flip, Steve. 
Mike. Done. Ah. Mike, who do you choose from the Star Wars Nerdiverse to adopt as your version of Thanos? Uh, is now a good time to say I haven't watched much of the newer movies? Um, no, it's fine, because they all stink. Do um, they? Okay, cool. Yeah, you're good. You're fine. Okay, we're, we're going to go... Um, we're going to go Greedo. Uh, Greedo? Greedo? Yeah. We're going to go Greedo. Oh, he shot first, you know. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did. Okay. Propaganda. So, Propaganda. All these nerds saying, yeah. So why Greedo, Mike? Because um, he's I, the one you remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's the one I remember, and uh, I believe he was about to shoot somebody. Yeah, he had a confrontation with Han Solo, Mike. He, he had a conversation, yeah. I don't, I don't want Java. He's just a giant slug. He might make the place stink. I'm not going to adopt a stinky slug. I want to adopt. He's, he's a genius. Do I, like, don't give Steve any more ideas, though, Mike. Yeah, I guess. I guess. So you're saying Greedo? I think that's a bold pick. Um, it would probably bold. go under the radar for most people in this game. <laughs> so, <laughs> listeners, Greedo is off the table. Sorry. <laughs> um, Steve. Safe. Seems safe. Steve, who do you Thanos adopt from the Star Wars Nerdiverse? Okay, I'm going to go with the assassin droid IG-88. Oh, nice. He, the I don't what? know if you, the, the, he, okay, in uh, Empire Strikes Back, he's the real tall, skinny robot that they send out with Boba Fett. And He's Boss. there for 0.4 nanoseconds in the right. film. Mike, how could you miss him? And oh, then he goodness. shows back up in the Mandalorian series, and he is awesome. Subparagraph 16 of the Bondsman Guild Protocol Waiver compels you to immediately produce said asset. So um, good. He just, he is a killing machine. He does not have any ethics. He doesn't, he follows orders because you program him in there. He is a crack shot, so and he can hack stuff because he's a robot. They're a, a a droid, right? So Thanos, yeah. he's got his machine thing mm. that just does what it's programmed to do. It's never gonna feel pity or pain or back off because of its emotions. So boom, IG eighty eight. That's my pick. That is a brilliant choice, especially channeling Thanos. Not like channeling Steve, I imagine, right? But like, not well, this is well, who you want to hang out with. But when you're channeling Thanos, that's a great... Right, right. Not me at all. Not me at all. Do you remember how cool he was in that first episode of Mandalorian? Yeah. Oh. He was great. God. All right. So you get how the game works, right, gentlemen? Got it. There you go. Got it. So... some more TV. Got it. What? Oh, yeah. This game also hinges on you knowing a couple nerdiverses, Mike. So... Well, this is a multiverse. This is a multiverse. Now, in the next multiverse, Mike, you are Thanos destroying the nerdiverse of Star Trek. Who do you adopt? So, um, I've seen like three movies, and that's the that's the total my total that's knowledge. That's plenty more. to answer this. We're, well, we're we're learning Mike's not much of a nerd. I uh, wow. come on, of course, come on. It's got to be the original. Well, maybe movie. after this game show, Mike, you can go back and watch some sports ball on TV. Mm. <laughs> All right, so it's gonna be con. It's gonna be the original con, not the new updated one. Con!
you mean Ricardo Montalban? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. That he, he was Steve. Clever. He totally, he totally he did, stole your pick, didn't he? He did not. He did oh, not. Wow. I mean, wow. I, I feel like he's a pretty damn fun villain. Like he's smart. He's patient. He's he's good. He's good. Oh yeah, it's he's a good chilling, pick. ruthless. Yeah, love it. Good call. Now this is the whole Star Trek universe, by the way, guys. Next right. gen, what Voyager, name, you name it. It's all, all of right. it. Is it is it my turn? It's totally you, Steve. What do you got, Thanos, Steve? Um, so I'm gonna go with the all powerful Q. I'm forgiven. My brothers and sisters of the continuum have taken me back. I'm immortal again, omnipotent again. Swell. He just, he doesn't need the Infinity Gauntlet to snap his fingers to get rid of half the universe. I don't think he can just do it. Um, he might be a problem for Thanos a little bit. I was going to say he might override his authority, no? He might. Uh, yeah. But he also, does. I think, would be interested in Thanos's agendas. He would have that curiosity. Why mm. are we trying to destroy all these planets? Uh, courting death. Uh, he doesn't really care for humanity much, so he's going to be okay with Thanos going after that. And I think kind of like as one of those celestial beings who just kind of um, – eh, it seems fun. I'll do it. So he'll go along with Thanos for the entertainment value, and and he can just do what he wants. So I'm going to go with Keith. Great. And I really like the actor that played him too. Yeah, John Delancey is excellent. Yeah. I hear I hear he's coming back. <gasps> yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I okay. hear he's coming back. That's exciting. So I'm going to take, because every, every operation needs some brains, I'm taking data. Back off, or I'll turn your little man into a torch. I promise him exquisite pain. I give you your life, Doctor. Go. Quickly. Oh, also, yeah, no. Gen. Um, I like that actor, too. Wait, wait, wait. And You're going to take you. data, not lore? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, I love data. Because... He's 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 got it all, man. He's the robot with a heart of gold, and you know, even even a villainous group needs sort of a moral compass, and I think Data's it. And and the android who lacks the emotion Dave. chip is, uh, is the, <laughs> the android without an emotion chip is as good as we're gonna get on this party. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. See, now I would I would have thought you'd go for Lore, his evil brother, but I, Data's no, good. no, no, yeah. no. Because also, Data's so great in the holodeck when he takes on Sherlock Holmes. So good. Yeah, that's true. You know, like, he it, he embodies Sherlock Holmes so well that it's it's weird that they made Benedict Cumberbatch be Sherlock Holmes when they had this guy all ready to go. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's weird. All right, guys, ready for your next Nerdiverse? I am. Let's do it. Star Wars has imploded. There's no longer Star Trek. So what are you, fearsome villains? What do you do now, Thanos? The next Nerdiverse you head to is Harry Potter. Who do you take? Steve is technically first. I'm technically first. Um, well, seeing as I've read zero lines of this of the books and have watched, I suppose, the first movie? You know I'll, all you I'll, need to know. I will then choose the real villain of that show, Harry Potter. You better clear off before my bones come back, Dobby, or I might strangle you. <gasps> he just he gets his friends in trouble. He's like a whiny little kid. <laughs> um, 
he's supposed to be all powerful, but I never see him do anything that's all that great. Um, so he's kind of going to be Thanos's bait, where everybody's like, "Oh, look at this kid, and he's so wonderful," and then he's really not. Oh my god, that's so good, Steve. You you kind of took my pick because I've been telling kids it, for decades that Harry Potter is the antagonist of the books. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, you're you're absolutely right. He's a, he's a bad guy. Mm. It's a little self-centered. So, I mean, there's yeah, how many right? books about him? Yeah. Right? Like, come on, <laughs> dude. Share the spotlight. <laughs> God. That's my pick. I think that's brilliant. All right. Who's right. next? Daniel? Oh, I'm, te- I'm technically next, aren't I? You're next. Yeah. Well, the best villains, I think, take a really good person and turn them. Right? Like, you know. Oh, don't the- steal mine. The, Bella, the Bellatrix Lestrange's of the world and whatever, they're already going to be fighting on my team no matter what. But what message does it send, Mike and Steve, when you turn the wand of Hermione Granger into chaos and evil? No way. You heard what Madame Hoop said. What an idiot. So that's my choice. Hermione Granger. The ultimate... The ultimate wizard, wow. the ultimate know-it-all, the strongest and purest wizard of the story. I take her, Mike. I thought we were being Thanos. You're playing the oh, okay. If you no, can like, twist them. if you can you twist think, them. Oh, you totally. That's the point. Like uh. Thanos is going to twist, right? Like when you've taken everything from the Nerdiverse away from Hermione, what does she have left? Right? Yeah. yeah all right. All right. Okay. Um. Alan Rickman made my choice for me, guys. <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. Yes, right? Yeah. He's, he's awesome. And he's... I can teach you how to bewitch the mind and ensnare the senses and even put a stopper in death. Oh, my God. Even the... I, I haven't read the whole series, but I've read enough of it to know that he, he's a smart cookie. He's just... Oh. Unfortunately, early on, he's very typecast, but uh, well, he can do so much more. And my goodness, that hair, that hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And Mike, if you've really not finished the series. I've read uh, all but the last book. I don't remember the last. Oh, Lord, you need to know how his arc ends, sir. Do I? Do I? Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. God, yes. (laughs) All right. Um, And if you want to watch the movie, do that instead. But the two movies take about as long as it takes to read the book. So just so you know. Oh, oh. All right. So, Harry Potter, the Harry Potter Nerdiverse has crumbled. The next Nerdiverse we go to conquer is Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. oh my goodness, there's so many characters I don't even know who I'd pick. I know, right? So, I think it's actually my turn to go first. And guys, sure. I'm going to take the guy I went to college with, <laughs> though he though he doesn't know it, because he was a senior when I was a freshman. <laughs> I am taking Tyrion Lannister. A wise man once said, the true history of the world is a history of great conversations in elegant rooms. Who said this? Me, just now. Whoa! Yeah. Good choice. Good yeah, choice. Yeah, I mean, talk about great... Oh, he's such a, such a complicated character. So beautiful. The arc of his... And and boy, is, if he's going to plan my strategic defense any day. So that's me. 
That would be me next, right? That is you, Mike. Okay. Who do you take out of Game of Thrones? Oh, you've chosen. I mean, Tyrion was my would have been my pick, hands down. So I think I'm going to have to go full on crazy. Mm. Uh, do I go brutal crazy or just no? I'm going to go like crazy crazy. I want. Uh, what's that guy's name? The oh, it's been so long. The the madman who's raising the guys from the dead. Oh, Kyburn. Um, is it Kyburn? There's the one Kyburn's guy. Kyburn's the guy who with... does it, and then the mountain is the one he raises. No, not him. Not him. Um, there's that guy in the north who's running around with a sword, and he's slicing oh, people down. He's died King. like six times, and it's just rumor in the first few books. But he's got this this guy who's constantly raising him from the dead, and eventually they start recruiting the um, uh, some of the dead. They, they they recruit the the Stark mother after she dies. Beric Dondarrion. Beric Dondarrion's wizard. I knelt beside his cold body and said the old words. Not because I believed in them, but he was my friend. And he was dead. And they were the only words from you. That's the guy I want. Thoros of Mir. That's the guy. I want okay. him. <laughs> we because got he, there eventually. We, we got, got there. there eventually. Hey, it's... <laughs> There's a lot of characters. <laughs> That's the guy I want because he is full on crazy. I mean, there there is no bounds to what this guy will do to accomplish whatever the hell he's trying to accomplish. And uh, I think that's the, the the seeds of chaos that we need. Hmm. Thank Good. you, Steve. Steve, do you know this nerdiverse? Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say two words, and that's it. And that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, Valar Margulis. A man pays his debts. And then owes three. Three what? The red god takes what is his, lovely girl. And only death may pay for life. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's you're good. Taking, you're taking Arya Stark, eh? Uh, or the other guy. We don't know who I'm taking. Because <laughs> that could be anyone. You're a faceless okay. man. Yes. So. And okay. what better spy than someone who could be anyone, right? That's actually brilliant. A shapeshifter in your midst as in your Thanos army. Yes. Oh, wow, that's good. All right, guys, final Nerdiverse. You knew it was coming. And Steve, I'm going to let you go first. Okay, Sorry, thank Mike. you. Mark, you're getting preempted. Oh. Mike, you can go second. Oh. We are conquering Thanos' last nerdiverse to conquer and adopt from is the lord of the rings universe steve i know you know a thing or two about this universe who do you want okay so i'm gonna limit myself to the third age like the lord of the rings books because i'm not gonna take it all the way back to silmarillion and all that sort of stuff right because we don't have the rights to that um (laughs) so the obvious answer not the obvious but one of the easy answers is sauron but i think he's too ambitious and besides he has a fairly easy week point of this ring and how many superheroes out there have like the power of the sun or they can shoot lava or whatever so the ring is toast sauron's dead so not him okay wait these heroes could shoot lava yeah there's there's too many fire powers out there that i think could melt the ring all right sauron's too weak so fire balrog that is awesome balrog seems really cool except when you think about it the balrog and moria dies when an old guy with a stick knocks him into a well so (laughs) Not the Balrog. Not the Balrog. Okay, not the Balrog. All okay, right. so the next is, like, really cool. The Witch King of Angmar. <gasps> He's got his own empire. He's already dead. Yep. You can't kill him. 
unless you are a woman with a sword and Gamora exists. So forget the Witch King because he's dead to Gamora in like the first fight. So forget oh him. God. Okay. 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 I'm thinking. I'm thinking Smog. Uh, but then he literally dies because like a bird snitches on him. So I'm gonna stay away from Smog. That leaves me with maybe Saruman, Saruman of many colors. Except he's also dead because he gets like stabbed in the back by a pedophile and dies. So forget him. I'm not taking one of this white wizard. Forget it. I think I missed a story. A uh, pedophile? Yeah, well, I mean, Grima, right? He's like lurking and creeping on Eowyn when she's a kid. Uh, oh. So no, so Grima sees Saruman okay. not taking him. Boom. Okay. Not, gonna, not going there. So then I'm thinking maybe Gollum, right? Super loyal. I mean, like, he goes and lives in a cave because the ring tells him to do it for, like, 600 years. This yeah. is some loyalty. But mm-hmm. then I think, and I think, oh, maybe he's too loyal to the ring. And then if Thanos doesn't have the ring, Gollum's, like, likely to sneak off and never come back again because he's off looking for the ring. So forget him. Uh, Gollum's out. Okay. So okay. that's every character in Lord of the Rings now. No, not there yet. I'm still thinking. Okay, Thranduil. <laughs> No, he has had his chance as Ronan, not him. Uh, Galadriel, nope, she was Hela, and she blew it. Uh, Elrond, forget it. He was Red Skull. He's stuck on Vormir for eternity. And then there's Aelmer, but he was like Executioner, and he died in Asgard. So all those characters are right out, because they've already been in the both universes. All right, so I'm down to Shelob, maybe, right? She's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> she might have learned her lesson. She probably figured out her hubris. She'll know to avoid pointy things. But my wife hates spiders, so I'm not taking her because I love my wife and I, I don't want to go there. So you oh. can tell I put a lot of thought into this one. I see. For someone, for someone who just had this sprung upon him, yeah. Right, right. You, that you've leaves been prepared me. for this answer for decades. Forever. This, this leaves okay. the villain of... Middle Earth, okay? And I, this is the guy I'm taking. Bill Fernie. Bam! Yeah. Boom. <laughs> the dude, he lives in Bree. It's all nice and peaceful and everything. There's no reason to be a bad guy, but he decides to ally with the Ring Wraiths. This is an evil man. He spies on hobbits. He lets the Wraiths into Bree. He he gets rid of all the ponies in the town, right? He, he releases all the ponies from the Bree, so Aragorn and the hobbits have nothing. Then he takes his own pony, who he's been abusing for however long, an evil man here, and he sells it to Sam for a profit and a free lunch. Now, Steve, that is indeed villainous, but this guy was undone by an apple. Yeah, he's got a serious weakness for fruit. Yeah, it's a free lunch, man. He's hungry, he gets an apple. Okay, that's so he's not the free done. lunch. That's an a free lunch. To the, to the cranium. Okay. To the cranium. Okay, but right. later, that's not, he's not undone that by that, because later on, he moves to the Shire, and when, oh, well, later on, when Trouble, aka Sharky's company, comes up the Greenway, he lets them all into Bree. And after Bree gets in a little bit of a fight, he retreats to the Shire, he mans the Brandywine Gate, and has a nice little life there. But then, but then, the Frodo and Sam and those guys return, and they put up a fight, <laughs> and you know what he does? He runs away. He, he lives to a ripe old age, like a fine red apple. So he's the only one of these villains who understands about 
running away to fight another day, know your place, that kind of thing. So that's wow. the guy on my team. He's not going to sacrifice it. He's going to retreat. He's going to come back. He's going to fight another day. Bill Fernie. I picked Bill that, Fernie. That answer was positively Mustafin. It was. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Like, I haven't, you haven't gotten on a soapbox like this in a very long time, Steve. It's my turn. That, <laughs> it is your turn. My goodness. We need to sell that to Cardboard of the Rings. No. Well, they can't afford us. So. <laughs> um. All right, so uh, what do you guys pick? Oh, so what's on my we, mind tonight? <laughs> do we still do we still have time to make our pick? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, and dear listeners, I swear this is the last. This is the la- last Nerdiverse. So, oh my you, goodness, who are you going to go with, Daniel? Well, I'm going to pick Frodo because he's easily corruptible. The ring is mine. Hmm. Duh. Yeah. Okay. He failed That's once. He'll fail again. He'll do what I need him to do. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm I, I, I also had a, like a 12 to 15 minute answer, Mike, but I'm not going to do it because Steve took it. But yeah, Frodo's yeah. Uh, I don't have Steve's scruples. I'm going to pick from the first age and go Fianor. Okay. Mm. He, he forged the Silmarils. And you know what? That guy had a goal in mind. That guy had principles. He stood by them and he killed his fellow elves to do it. Yep. Wow. The, the atrocities that that guy did for his... To make the world a better place, I think we need him on the team. Yeah. Oh, Mike, Master Mike, you're the true villain. Thing. Mike's the true villain because now we owe about $12 to the Tolkien estate. You can't afford me. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Nice, Mike. <laughs> it's coming out of your paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> now, Steve, this, I hope you guys, was this fun for you? Was it? Was, I like this. That was a blast. Okay. That All was right. good. Yeah. A little, you know, little sidetrack. Steve, I have this terrible feeling that we haven't even gotten to cards yet. Yeah, we need to we need to do some card review. I think. <laughs> oh, jeez, Mike, you meant it when you said it was a double issue. I totally did. Yeah, there are actually cards uh, that that go to this set that we've been talking about for like an hour. Um, I mean, that was a fun conversation, but yeah, it was yeah. excellent. Uh, so we're going to start with the Armies of Titan. This is a modular set from the Mad Titan Shadow. There are six total cards and three by title. Ooh. Why don't I kick us off with the Black Order Infantry? Sounds good, Steve. <laughs> so the Black Order Infantry is a minion, uh, one scheme, two attack, four health. They have the Black Order trait, guard, and when defeated, give the villain a tough status card. They have a Ooh. special boost, give the villain a tough status card. And there are two of these in the deck. So these are your run-of-the-mill army guys. I like that they have guard, and I like that they do tough. Like, yeah. They're really slowing you down attacking that villain. Rules question. If you overkill, what happens? When does that tough status get added to the villain? So I believe, according to the rules, all damage is dealt simultaneously. Okay, so you would hit the villain. Yes. Then the minion is defeated. Then the tough status card is applied. That's great. Mm, yeah. So you, if you overkill with Pierce, it misses the tough card. No, no, uh, it wouldn't do anything. Or right, yeah, that's what, it, I mean. it's, that's what I mean. It doesn't. It it doesn't take the tough card away. Correct. Yeah, you're always going to get that tough put out there. Um, Good, I like that. Yeah, I, I like that they're they're protecting the villain by being a guard, 
and then you kill him off, and you st- they're still protecting the villain because they've <laughs> yeah, given him a card. So dirty. It's so dirty. And even as a boost card, right. like, yep, tough. That's solid. Yeah, the weakness of it as a boost card is characters who have retaliate, like Captain America or Black Panther. They're just going to ping that tough right off. Um, yeah. So that's kind of a way around them as a boost card, but you can't really do much about them as a minion. So. And those guys have been pinging the tough cards off things forever. So right. yeah. whatever. Well, yeah. that's the basic. That's the infantry. That's a good start, boys. It is. Well, let me bring it down a notch then, can I, Mike? <laughs> oh, please. So the next card in the set, there's two copies of Outrider. Now, I actually talked a little bit about them before, didn't I? And did. I believe I described them as somewhat badass. Giant forearmed things, right? Like with Thanos's blood in them and stuff. DNA. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, this guy should what you, be amazing. All right, right. Mike, what do you imagine? Give me some give me some stats that you would think that uh, a third it, Thanos DNA kind of forearmed giant fellow would have that Captain I mean, America struggled one on one with. I, I I don't know what to put the scheme at. It might be one or two, but maybe okay. three or four attack and like eight hit points. Or ten. Yeah, sure. or ten. Sure. And when you kill it, you know it it gets back up or something. Well, this is close. It's almost like what you're saying. Okay. So Outrider is a minion with one scheme, one attack, two health. The Black Order trait. When revealed, discard a card at random from your hand. And this boost is just a special boost icon. Discard a card at random from your hand. Like, they're trivial and somewhat annoying. Yeah, but they do have flavor text, Daniel. Outriders are genetically engineered creatures wholly devoted to their maker. There you go. Okay. And? (laughs) Well, anything I've read about them and seen them in the shows and stuff, like, nothing about their when revealed or boost makes sense to me. Were they real? I don't know. I think of, like, a discard effect as, like, a a thinking person's way of messing with you. Like, the pirates. Didn't you, you you build them as assassins? Yeah. Now, uh, when I read, I saw there was an outrider assassin that could, like, dip into somebody's mind. Like, it could it could kind of read it, their thoughts. I think it did it to Black Bolt, like, along with what Supergiant had done. All right, well. Um, but these aren't really, these aren't called outrider assassins, and they're not the no. that version of them. But maybe uh. the idea is they're, they're supposed to be the horde, right? There's supposed to be so many of them, and maybe you're. But which using really up your explains reason. their low attack and low health. Then, oh, yeah. you know <laughs> what I would, you know what I would love on these guys. They're using up your resources by making you discard cards. I, I yeah, but that doesn't seem a th- like, like I said, I think of discard as something more schemy intellectual than. Okay, Daniel, think about this. What if the text on this guy said, "When Outrider activates against you, he attacks four times." That would be awesome. Yeah. One for each arm. But what it, instead what it says, Mike, is one scheme, one attack, two health. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that Hawkeye can shoot out of the air before it even shows up bothers me. Yeah. And and there's only two of them. So there's not yeah, even like, like I, 40 of them that would make them the, the I, massive quantities. Like you think of the, like the description of how they're created and what they could do. And like this makes me worry about Captain America, really. <laughs> okay from a mechanic standpoint i do like the boost effect i do like just the random hey guess what you're discarding a card around that's a nice little kick yeah but it's sort of a nice little kick that something more thematic could have oh yeah like it, it could have been another i card. mean it's a nice thing for a villain to get i mean it makes this guy 
go from totally useless to almost totally useless. This guy gives me yeah. like I get I feeling pretty Mustafa here on this card. Like Yeah. I, I do like that it forces you to get rid of a card at random. Yeah, but why? Because it's got four well, arms and it's picking your pocket? I think it's a nice card, it's just not a great outrider, right? Exactly. 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 Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, it makes me wonder if Outriders were reimagined in another series. We just did. Oh, right. Maybe. Or I almost feel like the Black Order Infantry should be the Outrider, and the Outrider should be the Black Order Infantry. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think they were they were confused. Anyway, you know, Mike, there is a side scheme that comes with this set. There's two side schemes, but they're both the same side scheme. <laughs> <laughs> so is that one side scheme? Well, just imagine two of these being in play at once, because that's okay. the true power of these. <laughs> Someone plays one way or another. <laughs> Landing craft is a side scheme. It has two threat per player on it. No hinder. We haven't seen a card lacking hinder in a while. It has an acceleration icon. That's great. When defeated, discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until a minion is discarded. Put that minion into play. Engage with the player who defeated this. Okay. That's uh, that's good. It's solid. I I feel like this is a card that is not impactful in a four-player game because what's one threat going to do to you? But in a one- or two-player game, that threat could be significant. And in a one- and two-player game, that minion can be significant. True. I don't know, what are your thoughts? True. All right, so where I like the idea of landing craft here. There's ships flying in. you got to deal with them, or they're accelerating the villain scheme. And when you do finally knock the, you know, break, crack open that ship, a, a bad guy jumps out. Except it's a non-bow with the outriders because the side, schemes, the side scheme says put the minion into play, and the outriders say when revealed. So the no, outriders I, don't trigger. Yep. Yeah. Like, can we talk about the set as a whole? Like, yeah. This is this is my first. Well, maybe not my first. I, I want to give this an F. I really do. Whoa, Oof, that's that's harsh. Doesn't feel that's like harsh. an army. And and here's my real problem with it. It is completely thematically disjointed. Like the three cards don't do similar things. Like there's like I don't understand this set. Do you know this what I mean? Is, like like yeah. the landing craft doesn't affect the outriders, and the outriders don't do what you'd imagine. They're weak. The or like tough discard and then you know minion hunting i just i don't get it this is a glue set this makes other sets other villains sing but on its own i agree well you've talked me in, you talked me into a d then right. i was gonna say i agree with you daniel it it does feel disjointed i mean it could it could work like if the outrider like if landing craft would trigger with the outrider because if this is your only modular set you're killing off landing craft to put out a minion. Yeah, you might get the Black Order Infantry, but uh, yeah, it'd be nice if there were was a little more cohesion or something. Um, but maybe that's Thanos's army doesn't have that cohesion. I don't know. No, well, maybe, maybe that's a good point. They are from all over the place. True. Right? Black Order Infantry is so good, though. The landing yes. craft getting yeah. more of those. Yeah. I would say if you want a fun game and you want a good bunch of encounter cards. Don't let this be the only modular set you put in. Well, perhaps you should mix, what is it, six cards with another smaller, maybe a, a four-card set that also has Black Order minions in it. Yes. Maybe. I just wish there was something like that, Mike. Uh, me too. Me too. Well, you, you know what, guys? Th what? There is. 
You're kidding. Yeah, there is a set just called Black Order. But it's got to have more than four cards. No, this is a four (gasps) cards, four by title set out of the Mad Titan Shadow Box. Mike, you're a genius. I I try. (laughs) Wow. Well, and this set has two of our named minions that we talked about earlier in the show. Let me tell you about the first one. Black Dwarf is a unique minion. One scheme, three attack, six health. That's pretty good. He's Black Order and Elite. Black Dwarf's attacks gain overkill, three boost icons with the quote, Black Dwarf is a blunt object, but he has his uses. Thanos. Mm, That's good. Usually yeah. when you see three attack asterisk, it means something silly like indirect damage. But that that's good. Overkill? That's good. Yeah. I kinda wanna put him in a set with these like with some of the weapons that go on minions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put him on a jetpack and a goblet glider. So the three attack is you know, that's a nice attack. The overkill is going to trigger, I think, enough. Because, like, if people are defending with a ally that maybe has one health left or two health left because they're trying to use them up, right? A lot of people, you put out the ally, you use them a couple times, and then you chump block with them at the end. You're going to get a couple points over overkill on this, I think. So Yeah, yeah that's true. But strategy-wise, I know that when I play, I don't ever throw an ally in front of anything that has overkill. Yeah. Not a minion, anyway. Like, the ally will go against the villain, and I'll take this one right right um because it's like why waste the ally chump just to get a scratch on me afterwards i, I don't know so yeah i have to be pretty desperate to throw an ally in front of uh, maybe that's it maybe that's already done its job then yeah did yeah. you take a three-point attack don't worry squirrel girl i'll handle this one <laughs> six health is gonna take a couple hits right no. it's it's not a you know, it's not a two health. So you got to put some effort into get ridding, getting yeah, rid I mean, of Black Dwarf. War Machine can just shoot him with a cannon. You got to find that weak spot in the side of his head. Boom. Yeah. Three boost. Three boost icons. No, he's, he's this guy's no jump. But Mike, who would be really fun to find with the landing craft? Oh, I think Supergiant. Tell me more. Okay. Supergiant has a whopping two scheme, two attack. Supergiant, she is like a double outrider. She's two outriders in a cloak. She's Black Order Elite. Five hit points. That cloak counts as a hit point. Quick Strike. That's right. No one revealed. Has Quick Strike. So as soon as she gets put into play with you from that landing craft, she's hitting you. Forced Response, because it gets even better. After Supergiant attacks and damages a character, that character is stunned. Two boost icons and the quote, They say I've lost my mind, but no matter. I can devour yours. That's horrifying. Great. (laughs) I love this this minion so much. Yes. Yeah. Just everything about it. And I I love comboing that stunning a character with the five hit points. Well and the quick strike. Right? Quick strike is the best. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So there's a decent chance that you won't be able to clear her that easy. Maybe she'll get two strikes off. Maybe. Or if not, it's gonna take your whole turn getting rid of her. You just got to hope you're an alter ego when she shows up. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, that might be the tech against the combo. Clear landing craft with an ally while you're an alter ego, so you're hiding away like some sort of coward. Super giant. <laughs> you mean, you mean like some sort of hero, Steve? 
Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah I love I love her. She's great. Yeah, she's a good card. Oof. Well, maybe there's a a treachery to go along with these guys, huh? Maybe. Let's see. Blood to spare. You are in Wakanda now. Thanos would have nothing but dust and blood. We have blood to spare. Is a treachery that when revealed, each minion engaged with the player activates against that player. Each player who is not engaged with the minion searches the encounter deck and discard pile for a outrider, I mean black order minion, and puts it into play engaged with them. Shuffle the encounter deck, one boost icon. Cool. That's an interesting one. Okay, so this is... Yeah, it's kind of like gang up, but the villain's not involved, but the minion is going to activate, so they could all scheme as well. They'll all scheme, yep. Yes, and only... Don't forget about that. And you're and definitely going to go grab an Outrider with it, if you can. Well, that's just it. If you're playing with that set, then okay. But if you're not, you're pulling out Black Dwarf or Supergiant. Right. Neither of those yeah. are fun choices. <laughs> no. So... Here's the here's the problem with Blood Despair. If you're only using Black Order modular set and you're in, say, a three-player game, uh, there's only two minions to go get. Yeah. yeah. Right? So first player gets one, second player gets one, third player, uh, they don't have to. Fourth player, does, oh, they don't have to. Um, now, if you're playing in the campaign, if you're playing the Mad Titan Shadow as written, typically both Armies of Titan and Black Order are in with the villain together. Like when you play Ebony Maw, both these sets are in there. So you won't necessarily, you know, there should be minions to go fetch unless all six of them are already out. And in that case, you're already in trouble. So, you know, ha ha. (laughs) They're all going to activate. Yeah. yeah. The card doesn't really whiff because at least they all activate or you go get one. So, yeah. (laughs) All right. Take us home, Steve. All right. The last card is a side scheme just called the Black Order. The Dreadlords, the Call Obsidian. Okay, uh, it's a side scheme. Thanos <laughs> recruited the most dangerous mercenaries in the galaxy to form the Black Order. While a Black Order minion is in play, threat cannot be removed from this side scheme. It has a hazard icon, two threat per player, and two boost icons. And it's got a great picture. See, this is the opposite. It's a, it's a beautiful picture, but... I feel like this is the opposite of the previous one, where if it's just these this set, there's rarely going to be a Black Border minion in play. But if you have both of them together, then yeah, there's this is perfect. Right. These two were really designed to play together. Yeah, I kind of feel like that, right? The landing craft side scheme goes and fetches a bunch of these different Black Order minions you have. The Black Order side scheme makes it harder to get rid of, so you, draw, you have that hazard. Blood Despair is forcing you to go get Black Order minions, or they're all attacking you. Yeah. Okay. Two landing crafts, so there's a good chance that's going to stick out around for a while. Right. You've got guard, you're losing cards from your hand. I think you have to almost play them together um, to really get Maybe. a full effect. So Yeah. And I like, my favorite part is the art. The whole team's assembled. Right. Yeah. Which is adorable. It's like a little family photo. <laughs> Awkward family photos. All <laughs> murdering each other. <laughs> yeah. All right. Like, what's Ebony Ma thinking about? He's called the Whisperer. I'm sure he's got some plan within plans. Something sneaky. By itself, Daniel, what do you think just this Black Order set? This one by itself? I like it. I, I think they're great. I love the... I really, really like the... Uh, the uh, Supergiant is great. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're great. 
four card sets have to really, really work well together. Right. But it's like you're saying, like, this is really a 10 card set. It's yeah. You're exactly. saying too. Like, so. Okay. So you gave uh, Armies of Titan a D by itself. I'm going to give this one a B, a B. Okay. Now, together. Now, together, they make a B minus. I would give this one a C, and yeah. together, they make an A. Oh, interesting. Well, it's. I mean, you look at cards like uh, Mr. Hyde. Like mm-hmm. that's a four-card set, but my goodness, you—it it doesn't, doesn't take much to really pull that theme together. This one, you're, the odds of pulling any two cards at the same time in a game is so low sure. that I don't see it doing a whole lot. Yeah, it's. Eh. Yeah, I, I just I want the Outriders I, to be better. Yeah, I, I kind of like. I think you just keep playing them as one set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 10 cards isn't that big a difference. If you're really hung up on it, put Electro in as well. Then you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, I have some trivia for you. Oh? How many cards by title in our game are Black Order traded? How many cards? I mean, are they all here? Uh, I hope not, because shouldn't Ebony Maw also, and Proxima Midnight and Corvus Glaive also be Black Order traded? Uh-huh. And shouldn't some of their... There should be some minions in those sets. I'm thinking Tower Defense, there's a minion in there. Black Order Besieger in the Tower yes, of Defense set. All yeah. right. well, and I know there's a modular set where you get Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight as minions. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, correct. Black... I don't know what the name of that set is. That's Thanos's... That is Children of Thanos. Children yeah. of Thanos. Okay. Okay, so really, this blood is fair. So, there's some mixing-matching possibility, right? Yeah. 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 Right. A little bit. So how many, Daniel? Oh, you guys didn't guess yet. Are we guessing total or uh, not including this set? Total. Total. All right, so we have four here. And, sh- and we should do it by name. Okay. Right. So we have the four here. Ebony Maw, Proxima, Corvus, and the Besiegers. I can say. And then how many X's gonna, are in that one set? I'm just going to guess two. ten. I'm, I'm guessing, ten. Yeah, I was going to say ten. Yeah. You're both saying ten? I'm afraid it's nine. Oh. I thought you were both going to say eight because you forgot Thanos. Well, what about Black Swan? Um, interestingly, oh, is she Black not, Order at that point? She is, but she's not an encounter card. So, you know what? We well, could count her. Let's count well, her. Yeah, I mean, she's Let's count her, and then she makes yeah, ten. Then okay. we've got ten for you. Perfect. Okay. And for some reason, in that search, Save the Shawarma Place shows up as well. Don't think <laughs> yeah. it's a Black Order hideout. <laughs> Well, it might be because after you go there, Black Swan shows up. So yeah, true. <laughs> no. It's it's a front for the Black Order the whole time. <laughs> well, good lord, this has gone on long enough. <laughs> hey, folks, how many arms is too many arms? Email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail dot com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. You can find our YouTube channel by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, you can find us by looking for Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, or Wandering Duke. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Black Dwarf, take us out. Humph, you die well, human, but that is dead, isn't it? Farewell! Hey, I'm sorry. That is so <laughs> good. That's so good to say farewell. Farewell. I was not, I was not ready for that. All right. <laughs>